Hello, and welcome to the Songwriting Podcast, where we build our songwriting muscles together and bring more great music into the world. My name is Eivindur, and I am your songwriting coach. Today, we're going to talk about self-doubt. I have a wonderful guest with me, uh, a great singer-songwriter from Scotland, Rosie Bands. Uh, she's a podcast host, a champion of songwriters, a feminist. She's basically the Scottish version of me. Okay, maybe not, but we did get along very well, and we had a great talk. Rosie is committed to supporting the music industry, becoming a place for people to truly thrive in. Um, she's the founder of Be Radical, Make Music, a community for songwriters to safely explore their creativity together through workshops, song share sessions, and online courses. She's also a co-founder of Song Seeds Songwriting Retreats, providing affordable and accessible online songwriting camps to artists of all abilities, and serves on the Artist Advisory Board uh, of UK music industry trade body, the FAC. In our talk, we dug deep into self-doubt, why songwriters seem to fall victim to it, and how to stop letting it get in the way of your creativity. If you've ever felt like self-doubt, lack of confidence, and negative inner monologue is holding you back, this conversation is going to be eye-opening. And even if you don't feel this is a problem for you, I challenge you to listen to the end because Rosie has great advice to share for any songwriter. But before we begin, I want to encourage you to visit strongwriting.net where you'll find a ton of free resources for songwriters, including my 28 Songs in 4 Weeks guide, which will help you become a much more prolific songwriter in no time. Are you tired of wasting time sitting around and waiting for inspiration to strike? Well, this free guide takes inspiration out of the equation by giving you simple, easy-to-follow songwriting prompts and challenging you to write one song per day for four weeks. Don't let writer's block stop you from writing killer songs. Take the bulls by the horn and just write. Get fantastic, tried and tested songwriting prompts for every day of the week for a total of four songwriting weeks. If you finish this challenge, you are guaranteed to emerge as a better songwriter. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to subscribe, and if you leave a review on your podcast platform of choice, you will be helping me reach more people, and that is, of course, greatly appreciated. All right, let's get into my talk with Rosie Bands. Hello, and welcome, Rosie. I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your name when you asked me how to pronounce mine. Your last name, Bands? Bands? Bands, yeah. Bands. Rosie Bands. Welcome. Welcome. I'm not editing that out. Welcome to the Strong Writing Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, your journey in songwriting and life in general. Tell me everything. Mm, life. Oh, life. Well, I am from Scotland, from Glasgow. As you noticed on your own, which is always lovely, because quite often I get told I'm Irish and I'm actually in Scottish. I feel I, really yeah. bad when I tell people I'm not Irish. They look disappointed, but being <laughs> Scottish is great. Um, yeah. So, yes, I am a singer-songwriter, a music producer, a musician, and I have been doing the music thing for almost 13 years now. I've been at it for a while. I also recently since just, you were five, what? How did that work? Five. I just turned thirty-four, like <laughs> really? two weeks ago. Yeah, right. it was my birthday. It was my birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. Um, so yes, uh, music has been absolutely the central focus of my entire life, and I am so lucky to be able to say that. I am so aware that that's not normal that's not always the way people come at it and whatever chaos that the universe created when I popped out I happened to get that lucky hand so so yeah music's always been part of my life and at the moment I'm spending a lot of time doing podcasts I have my own and also helping songwriters get to a space in their life where music can be their priority and can be what drives their their day-to-day -day life too awesome that's that's what it's all about, and uh, I I I I know a little bit of Scottish. I can say one line in Scottish. Okay. Darspena <laughs> Mardar. I go. love it. <laughs> that's that's the, that's just high culture there. You yeah. just blew me away. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> so uh, I, I want to talk to you about uh, uh, self-doubt and, and consistency and, and, and things of that nature, because I absolutely, uh, I think what you said about working on, you know, making music the focus of your life is, is just such an important thing. And, and the more people can do that, the better. I always say I like to help people get more songs into the world because music mm -hmm. makes the world a better place and we can make the world together. We can do that. We can make the world a better place one song at a time. But um, there, there is a, uh, a a question, like a, a an example question that I saw on your uh, on your profile, which is why is feminism important in music and songwriting? And tell me that I I want to hear the answer to that question. I'm just going to point out that you want a woman to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to start a fight. I'm not starting a fight. Well, no, 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 no. By the way, I'm ripping the pee. Um, it is, it's okay. So I suppose, firstly, we've got to break that down. We've got to look at what does feminism mean to you? And what does it mean to your listeners? Whoever is listening out there, what does feminism mean? And I think for many people, the word can actually be quite a trigger. So if we take away the word and just, it's just a placeholder for me, for want of a better word. But for me, it means that people have a level playing field that they're on. Mm -hmm. It means that no matter what your background is, what color your skin is, what age you are, if you have a disability or not, that you can access the things that we we can access in the in the more mainstream patriarchal side of society, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just what you said, which was beautiful about more songs makes a better world. I yeah. fully agree. And I would like to add that that more songs from different perspectives, from different yes. people walking different paths makes it much richer too. Um, so that's what feminism means to me and for the music industry in the UK anyway. Unfortunately, like so many of these structures, like so many of these industries that really do thrive on exploitation, it is exploiting a, a groups that are, are oppressed right and so in the UK I mean there's this huge huge movement right now for feminism and for equality and for gender yeah. equality and gender understanding so I think just in the music industry alone though it does mean allowing those people whose voices have been silenced over over the decades over the centuries to have a platform that feels safe for them to be able to actually say I have something to say and I think it's worth it's worth hearing. Um so yeah that's I think that's what I mean. I think that's what I mean today <laughs> about yeah. feminism because I also call myself a feminist in training. Like I know there's so much more for me to do and I know that I'm definitely in some manner oppressing someone somewhere else by being blind to something and I'm constantly trying to have these kind of conversations and open up that dialogue to to understand more myself as well but right now in my life and career and my activism that's that's what it means to me I love that and I that's I I love that that point where uh uh what, what you said about you know we're we're not aware of our privilege and usually I mean I'm very aware of mine I'm I'm I I, I don't know if I could be more privileged, but anyway, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's so easy to forget that there are people with different experiences who we don't know. We don't know what they're going through. There's, I, I, I freely admit that I'm ignorant to a lot of things. For instance, with, uh, with trans people, that's not, I, that's like far removed from my experience. And I think, what you just said, just being open and listening is, is such an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was sort of an aside, but, but, it, but I want to say, uh, if people are triggered by the word feminism, I think that's just approaching things from the wrong. And if you're, if the word is what uh, bothers you, then you might want to think about it a little bit more because, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's the same as when, when people responded to black lives matter, by saying all lives matter. It's not the words. That's not the point. It's the meaning behind them. And that to me is, you know, feminism, I think the uh, the literal 
de- definition or you know the official definition it works perfectly well there's equality has not between the genders has not been reached and therefore it's it's feminism because usually it's uh women who need to fight absolutely anyway. yeah yeah um i love that but um we wanted to talk about self-doubt and uh and we both got into it a little bit there saying you know we were probably uh <laughs> not aware of certain things around us uh so why where does this self i think we all do it we all beat ourselves down we all uh doubt ourselves why do we do it why do we do it massive question right and i'll take it from my perspective and and my experience and what I believe, and I think feminism has a big part to play in this. I think the the flip side of feminism, i.e., the the patriarchy, the mm-hmm. the capitalist system that we have to live in. There's no getting away from it. We live in the West. Yeah. Um, Self doubt. I think there's there's so much messaging that comes yeah. at you subliminally and obviously too. At times, we're so used to it, and this idea of of not being enough, of not being good enough, which, I mean, we even have a concept called perfectionism, right? That Mm -hmm. is the biggest myth that we've all been fed. And if you believe in perfectionism as as an idea, then essentially that means that you're you're always going to be striving to be more than you ever can be. Mm -hmm. And for a creative and, and a songwriting capacity, I feel like this this striving towards perfectionism and perfectionism is this, I've got this image in my head of a big gnarly graveyard where all your creative dreams go to die. Yeah. And when you get to the, you know, well, you're never going to get to that graveyard, which is a good thing actually. But if perfectionism was a place in my head, instead of what it was when I was younger, which was this rich and successful and gorgeous and, sh- you know, my boobs are five times the size than they really are. And all of a sudden my wonky eyes, not wonky. And, you know, that's perfectionism. But now I have this image in my head of it being this desolate, dead, creatively barren graveyard and mm. that shift took a, a really long time for me to make and it is it, for me I'm a very visual person it has to be an image and so I for your listeners as well for thinking about self-doubt when you put it in that context of being fed a lie your entire yeah. life from the moment you're born I mean people even do this to children they, mm. re- they even put it in you know they do it to kids having the perfect child how should your child behave you know and it's no one's fault I'm not blaming a parent here in any way shape or form it's just a really billion billions and billions of pounds billions of dollars are being pumped into this system to make you feel like you're not good enough because when you feel like that when you're not self-actualized you're quiet you don't kick up a fuss you get on with your work you're a vet you're a good you know you're a good work work uh, what do you call it like all um in the workhouses like victorian england you know like victorian uk where all that came from and so i think that's where self-doubt starts creeping in and so i like to equip people with the the or invite them to consider an alternative which is a lot of these narratives that you have in your head about not being good enough and therefore mm. doubting whether you can do xyz a lot of them don't come from you initially they come from all of this messaging and i'm not i don't want to sit and fully say it's society's fault you know can i swear on this <laughs> podcast by the way <laughs> Almost sure, swear there, yeah. but, why not um but i won't it's fine i won't unleash the glaswegian <laughs> quite yet but um but yeah it's that that idea of saying okay well there is a lot of this that isn't mine's and i can unpack that i can take it out the backpack but there mm-hmm. is a lot of stuff then that you can do and you can change and you can take some action and you do have a lot more power than you've been led to believe a lot of the time. So I think that's for me anyway in my life, I identified that a lot of this stuff isn't mine's and I want to spend as much time as I can shedding those layers that have been put onto me, that weight, that heaviness yeah. that says that I'm I'm never going to be perfect. Therefore, I'm never going to be worth anything. I'm never going to have that value. I'm never going to be good enough. And instead, I like to hold two fingers up to it and <laughs> say, I'm I'm beautifully flawed. This is perfection, you know, and 
there's so much beauty in everything that we're doing all the time, regardless of music or songwriting. I know we're here to talk about songs, but sure. there's beauty in everything in this world. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of money and there's a lot of people that make a that make a lot of money from you believing otherwise. And that's it's it's a real it's sometimes I forget that it's real life <laughs> and I think oh that was a horrible dystopian thought that I had and I think oh no wait <laughs> that's real life so um but yes and music though I don't want to seem doom and gloom and like this is this is how it's going to be forever because I do think there's there's so many cracks in it yeah there's so many cracks mm -hmm. in that wall and that's where your art can live and and when you grow your art in a crack the crack gets bigger and bigger and almost becomes this huge gaping hole that now your yeah. art can live inside and then you can see other people come through the hole in the wall that i've just made you know um so so there is a, a positive side to it all yeah you know that uh great leonard cohen quote there is a crack in everything and that's where the light gets in Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. And, and, you know, and, and to your point, it's, it's even worse now with social media, you get all of these, uh, influencers everywhere with this, this perfect image. And you, you, you constantly, you're supposed to be comparing yourself to all of these people who are showing us a very small side of themselves. And it's just, uh, you know, it feels, feels awful and you, it's so easy to feel inadequate. And just to tell you a little story for me, um, it got so bad, you know, perfectionism. I, I was, uh, I was so bad. I, I was writing all this music. I had so much stuff. I write very fast. So I had this massive catalog of songs and, uh, it took me 10 years to put a solo album together. Because uh, because it was always no 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 it needs to be perfect I need to do it I need to like probably and then eventually it's certainly not perfect it's very far from perfect but I was I finally just got it together to say okay this is you know I'm wasting my life on this uh, on this <laughs> self doubt crap and I need to just just uh, uh, get it out there yeah you know uh, and so uh, what. What you know, I know some of what I did uh, and what I do now. I have my own methods of of dealing with this stuff. But what what do you recommend? I mean, how how do you deal with that for people out there who are stuck in this this loop of doubt and perfectionism? Mm. How do you get out of it? I think firstly you need to accept it that that's what's going on right now for you in this moment. And feel the resistance against it because it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? It's horrible, like it's stuck in, in that space. So I think the first thing is to actually say, oh, I'm really struggling with, with my self-confidence and my self-doubt and appreciating that it's there. Mm -hmm. And then I went to therapy. I got loads of therapy. I got five years of therapy. My therapist had to basically throw me out and say, <laughs> I think we're, you're going to need therapy to stop therapy. So I thankfully... <laughs> managed to leave but the therapy that, rehab exactly right <laughs> um and that really helped me now that's not why I was there I was there for totally different reasons but as as you do you go on that yeah. journey so I would say if, if you're really struggling to the point where you're feeling like it's becoming intrusive into your life and your relationships your job your happiness going and, and talking to a professional if you can if you can find an affordable means to do that there's these websites and things now too you can go and find someone online mm -hmm. but other than that other ways that really massively work for me is community it's finding other folk like podcasts like this I mean you can think of community as the people around you in person, yeah. of course, but also you can consider the community like the people you follow online. Like you you talked about influencers and things there, you know, like you yeah. can curate that for yourself, yeah. listening to podcasts like this. And once you get into a community with other musicians and other people who are in a very similar path to you and you actually open up and take that, that's the first it's a really hard but very brave step is to open up and say to someone I'm I'm really struggling with this it becomes apparent really quickly that the majority of people do at some yeah. point at least some point in their life so I would say yeah to get out of it I would 
I would re reframe that in in your mind if you're struggling with that right now and consider accepting it first consider saying okay I'm alive today the time is going to pass so I'm going to sit here and just try and feel my feelings and I know that's that's such a cliche and I put it on a t-shirt you know but yeah and I'm saying it like it's easy and I'm so aware how how difficult that is yeah how difficult it can be but if you can get to just over that first hurdle of saying no this is how I'm feeling maybe you don't know why and that's okay but as long as you initially accept okay this is where I'm at because I think so much of our time is spent like pushing away feeling and we take Mm. up so much energy to do so when you do kind of let it sit and it feels horrible and uncomfortable and you have a cry or you punch a pillow or you scream or whatever it is you need to do there is a release in that moment there is there is a that's when the doors that's when the fog kind of dissipates and the doors are now a little bit more obvious to you but it is every individual's own journey for sure we share yeah. more than we than we have apart. We have more in common than we have apart. But at the same time, no one else can walk your path for you. Only you can do that. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, I kind of think of it as a really like cursed irony of like, it's, it's such a wonderful thing, right? Being here and getting to do music and all that stuff. And you grow up as a kid and like all this stuff gets given to you when you're young. You don't ask yeah. for it. And maybe yeah. it causes some pain when you're an adult. But someone else could have given you that, but then you're the only one. You're the only yeah. one that can change it. And there's something deeply ironic, but there's like um, Robert Anton Wilson, uh, author and philosopher, and um, talks about like ayahuasca and all that, all that kind of stuff. But he calls it the cosmic giggle, as if the cosmic universe... Giggle the universe is always laughing at you. You th- yeah. You're taking something really seriously and you're really struggling. And there's this kind of idea that the universe is just patting you on the head like a child being like, oh, they're there. They're there, you know, <laughs> silly little human thing. And I'm not minimizing anyone's experience by saying that. No, um, no, no. It's just that irony of, yeah, you you have to walk that yourself, but but you can do it with friends and you can do it with community. So I suppose those are the three things I would say is accepting it asking for professional help if you feel like that's that's what you're needing and not yeah. feeling ashamed about that in any way mm-hmm. um and then finding a community of like-minded people that you can open up to and it doesn't need to be you know you don't need to pour your heart out to a stranger on the internet i don't really suggest you do that but finding people oh. that you can <laughs> <Oops>. you know <laughs> apart from podcasters <laughs> we signed up for it right but um, yeah, yeah yeah i i've struggled with anxiety and depression most of my life and uh, i've done my fair share of therapy mm-hmm. and uh i i went through kind of like a burnout situation and my my therapist uh you know going back to your point about running away from your emotions instead of just sitting there and feeling them mm. i one of the things that i was that caused me the most anxiety was when I felt an anxiety attack coming on. It would like go from a mild anxiety attack to a full-blown panic attack because I got so worried and I wanted to run away from that feeling. Yeah. And uh, and he was like, but, but why? Just, just, you should just feel it because if you're avoiding it, then it's like a phobia. It's like, you know, if, you, if you're afraid of a dog and you cross the street every time you see a dog, then you'll never get over your phobia. But if you just, you know, desensitize yourself to it and, and get used to being around dogs, then you'll be fine. So just get used to feeling those feelings and then they won't be as bad because you will get those feelings. We all get negative feelings. We, we get sad. We get anxious. We get all these things. Uh, and uh, if we try to run away from them, then they get worse. Mm. And uh, he sent me an assignment. He said, the next time you feel an anxiety attack, like a panic attack coming on, Try making it the worst one you've ever had Mm. because no one's ever died of a panic attack. That's not possible. So just make that an experiment. Try to get the worst panic attack you've ever had. That was three years ago and I haven't had a panic attack since. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Because I tried it and it was like a, it was like a magic trick. Like, oh, I Mm. feel one coming on. I'm going to try it now. And whoop, it went away. Mm. That's (laughs) it. Because you're, you're finally actually really focusing on it instead of pushing yeah. it away and pushing it away like you're seeing. Yeah, Absolutely. it was just literally sitting and and, fo- and and like thinking, how is this actually, what's the physical sensation? What's happening in my brain right now? Mm. And, you know, focusing on it. It's, it's like the boogeyman, you know, under your bed. 
when mm. you look under the bed, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's it. I mean, it's it's so difficult to do, isn't it? But when you mm-hmm. can when you do get to that stage of of really being able to face those things, and when you can do it, you do feel you do feel the power that you have for sure. That that's, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can do that can help. And I yeah. know for some for some people it's more clinical and they need they need help and they go down the medication route and that's absolutely great and fine if that's what you need. I think yeah. for a lot of people too, myself included, I've also suffered from anxiety and depression most of my life as well. And my therapist, I think um I don't work well with intensity though, although I'm a pretty intense person at times. <laughs> but um so that wouldn't quite work for me, but instead I do the surrender thing when I have a panic attack yeah. and I, I actually, I now see it as my body has the superpower to protect me and to yeah. alert me that something's a bit too much or to alert me, you know, it's like my little red warning signal, oh, you're almost going to go over the edge and and there's something about that that I've grown to kind of love in a way that, oh, my body does this thing. You know, my mind is constantly <laughs> looking after me that I'm never really alone. I'm never really, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do those things that push me too far because I know my mind is just going to kick in. Um, and my panic attacks have been a lot less. Although I wish I could say I've not had one in the last three years, but. but I've had anxiety always... attacks. Mm. I have mm. had anxiety attacks, but no full-blown panic attacks. Full-blown, yeah, like stopping like, your Like, you tracks. know, like being immobile, sitting and just and hyperventilating yeah. for no apparent reason. That yes. has not happened yeah. in, in, in a few years. That's good, man. I'm very happy here. It's exhausting as well, isn't it? It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, burning calories. It, it is. <laughs> What's, it's not a what, good way to think about it. I... I, I don't know what it is. And well, you know, and I, I th- I'm fascinated by this. I've given talks on, on like creativity and mental health, mm-hmm. but there's something that, and, and I think it's like part of our, like you said, it's like a superpower. I have a feeling because I don't think I know any creative person who doesn't struggle with some form of depression, depression, anxiety, or, you know, in, in some cases like, uh, more serious issues like bipolar disorder or, or something like that. Yeah. And so uh, maybe creativity is a form of madness. Who knows? <laughs> what comes first? Uh, what one What one comes first? The madness or the creativity? Yeah, yeah. The chicken and the That's egg. It. I also think, though, that creative people tend to be, well, we talk a lot about our, about our experiences, right? Because we're essentially yeah. documenting our experience of the world. Yeah. And I like to, I used to consider it as like, you know, Harry Potter and you've got the muggles who aren't yeah. musicians and aren't creative people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was younger, because I was cocky and I thought I knew everything, <laughs> I, I thought, oh, they're muggles, those people who don't do music. <laughs> and then the older I've got, the more I realize, oh, no, wait, we are the normal ones. We are, we yeah. are the, like, the, we are the, not saying the wizards aren't normal, wizards are great, but yeah. we are them. Like, I think we are the majority. And I actually think the people who are, you know, the the kind of, I don't want to say something that's going to super offend anyone because this is all just my my opinion that no one asked for. But I think the folk who push away creativity and who consider it it's a waste of time, I think they're the ones that that don't see the magic. You know, they're the ones that that don't see it. And it's all available to every human being. I think just creative people have opened up to it and have decided to to welcome it into their life in a big way. So um, my, my thinking's changed on that one now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, to be fair, I, I think we're all creative. I mean, it's exactly. like that's what makes us human is exactly. the ability to create things in our head. Mm. Like that, to me, if I was to define, you know, yeah, you can say thumbs or you can say language or civilization or whatever. But I think the one defining human thing that makes us different from other animals is that we can imagine things that have never existed yep. and make them a reality. Absolutely. And that to me is magic. Cool, isn't it? It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And we're relatively unique in that. I think 
the there's some study or or something I read about with um, ravens and rooks, like crows, yeah, and how they they put like an obstacle course in front of them to get some food, and the crow fashions their own little instruments and you know took a stick and kind of like banged it off a thing, and anyway, it just went to prove that perhaps there are other animals in the animal kingdom that do have this like critical thinking and can imagine, you know, like a, a right. logistical way through. But I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's one problem thing, solving. Problem solving. Yeah. But having to, having to use creativity to problem solve, having to say, well, if I turned that around and I actually pushed it on the top, then that will put, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's um, problem solving. But we humans, we tell stories like we make up stories and that's actually uh, uh like a defense mechanism from uh at least that's the theory that i've read mm. is that uh you know like back when we were in ca like cavemen we'd make up stories about dangerous things so that we could learn from experience without actually experiencing them mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so we'd learn about the dangers of the world without dying in the process yeah, uh, yeah and so so stories are like an evolutionary thing and our imagination is an evolutionary thing that um you know enables us to create these worlds we can create entire universes mm. in our heads yeah and people do every yeah. day and it's All amazing yeah absolutely. You know, and not just to solve a problem but to enjoy ourselves and to entertain others and make other people happy. And that's, that's yeah. wonderful. And that ultimate question, you know, our own existence, why, why are we here? You know, what's, yeah. what's out there and yeah, all of that, that's, that's, that's awesome. And the actual yeah. true meaning of the word, right? Awesome. And yeah, human beings are incredibly, they're incredible. I think we're amazing. We can do uh, yeah. a lot of mad stuff, but, um, yeah down with the creativity it's like wow you can you've got so much going on inside you and if that self-doubt is holding you back a little bit from it it's it's like a dam though right the pressure is building and whenever you're ready be creative and let it all out wow it's just it's, it's beautiful yeah absolutely um what are some of the you know we we have we get these blocks right and um and i think there are there are probably some blockages that are more common than others and uh can you can you talk a little bit about that like the things that block us creatively and and how we can get around them absolutely yeah <laughs> i think first and foremost something that's not talked about often is your just your general well-being as well yeah um to to be well fed to have enough water to, to be to sleep and mm -hmm. to understand that if you're really creatively blocked, that your creativity and your mind, your your creative artist inside is also attached to your physicality and yeah, to oh yeah. your sense of well-being. And I know in the times where I've suffered any kind of dip or block, where maybe my mental health has been quite low, my physical health has also kind of followed suit. So the first thing I like to do is if I ever feel any of that coming on is, is move really deeply into a space of, um, of like self-exploration and saying, what's going on? Why am I not eating well? Why am I, why yeah. am I just, why am I drinking too much? You know, and we all go through these phases. So I'd say that's kind of one of the first places to look is, is your actual kind of fundamental physicality. Like, are you going out? Have you been in nature anytime recently? Yeah. Are you stuck in the house, or is is it really stressful at work? Is you have you got a lot of pressure on you right now? And if the answer to those things is there a worldwide pandemic? Is there a pandemic? Exactly, <laughs> absolutely. Is there you know quite literally um, just just things going on fire around you? Yeah. Yeah. Depends on where you are. So. So I say that's the first place to look and look at, is there a way you can either remove yourself from situations or is there a way you can somehow, again, share it with a loved one? And I've been really neglecting my health recently. Can we make a deal with each other to, you know, have like whatever it is for you, you know, go out running together or to just check in with each other, whatever that is, or join a challenge online. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's always the first place I look at for sure. I say, okay, well, what's actually going on on the fundamental side? And then when I'm 
and when I'm talking to other people too about blocks, um, I, I think the language is interesting and the language is important because when we tell ourselves something, we tend to believe it. So yeah. if we say, I am blocked, then you might actually be creating more of a barrier between you and your creativity than, than needed to be. And so instead, I like to consider our life in these phases. So a block assumes that there's a free flow constantly. And yeah. for me, creativity isn't like that. For me, creativity is more like a cycle, like an ecosystem, like mm -hmm. the winter, the summer, the spring and the autumn. And sometimes my tree is bare and I don't have any fruit. And sometimes the sun is shining, you know. And so I'd say the next thing is to look at where in the season are you of your life, of, yeah. of your year, of your month, you know, whatever that is. And appreciate that sometimes you're not going to create as much as you want and sometimes that you will. Amanda Palmer had this, um, I don't know where she said it. I can't remember. And I think she was referencing someone else, but she spoke about having inhale years and exhale years. So, Oh, wow. I yeah, love that. right. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I love Amanda and Palmer. I know. She's, she's great. She's one of my, Amazing. She's one of yeah. my top ladies. Um, and <laughs> the inhale years being, you know, where you're not creating too much, but you're, right. you're growing somehow else. There's, there's, yeah. you know, it's, you're reading or you're just thinking a lot. It's okay. Um, going back to your ancestors in the cave, they probably just sat about loads, just thinking about stuff. <laughs> like yeah. Making Watching, a thing here, listening. there, you know? Yeah, just imagining and probably having a lot of sex to get past the day. But still, probably. I mean, like... <laughs> That's not a bad then, thing. <laughs> and then the exhale years, like when you go on tour or you, you write that album, you know, you get it yeah. done and you've got to promote it all and all that stuff. So just considering where you are, and try to rethink your creativity less like a straight line, less like a constant flow, like the river is running wild. And instead, sometimes it's just a small trickle, you know, and there's not much to fill up your cup with. So maybe look elsewhere, again, coming back to where else in your life can you fill up and, and feel healthy and feel strong and just feel happy about it. There's another great analogy. Again, I have no idea. I need to write down my sources. This is really bad, but I didn't make this up. Um, it was like your life is like a gas cooker and you've got four hobs and each hob represents some kind of like slice of your life, your family, your work, your creativity, your friendships. Mm -hmm. And But you don't have enough gas in the tank to have all hobs on all the time at full blast. And so you, it's almost like you're balancing the pots, yeah. you know, you're like, okay, what can I turn down? What can I turn up? Um, and seeing your life like that, because when I think about it like that, I've got the power again. It's not been given away. Like I should be writing all the time or I should never feel this block and instead yeah. if I'm feeling blocked it's like okay maybe that hob is just low so I'm going to just pour my energy either into something else or back into myself yeah. um, so that would be the, the first place I go for sure because I don't know if 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 writers block in and of itself is a thing does that make sense like I, I don't you believe know in yeah um I, I, th I don't think it's a thing Exactly. So I, I try and watch my language around it, but particularly if I'm talking to myself, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to believe myself. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's that. And then on the other side of it, if you're, if you're really got some energy, say like, I want to get over this. This is really doing my head in, you know, and I, I feel healthy and I feel like things are going good, but I just can't get past it. That's where I would definitely start employing songwriting techniques, exercises, tools, looking yeah. at creating some kind of structure or framework for yourself to flow along with. And mm -hmm. I run a lot of like five-day challenges in those kind of really structured spaces where you get two things. The first thing you get is a community just there. Mm -hmm. You just show yeah. up and everyone starts talking to each other and it's really wonderful to see these strangers become friends. And the second thing you get is structured and focused time and structured and focused tasks to do mm -hmm. and you got a wee tiny bit of time pressure which means your perfectionism needs to get put on the side it means that you just got to write the song because you've only really got an hour to do it and it's fun and it reminds yeah. you that the stuff is meant to be fun that oh yeah you know we're not going to get out of any none of us get out of this alive so <laughs> whilst we are here it's to to remind yourself that 
music can be playful and kind of should be and yeah. there's a childlike there's a childlike fun to it so that was that would be kind of the next place I look is okay get some structure get some support you know plug yourself into the matrix you know don't um, yeah. don't be alone in that in that space and sometimes that's all it takes yep. someone's go oh my god I've started writing again after you know and I'm 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 actually thinking about people who literally said this recently after the last five day challenge I done was, I mean, someone, someone said that, that they lost a child and they hadn't written anything since that happened. And on that challenge, oh. it all just came out and I, we were all crying on a zoom call yeah. <laughs> on the internet, um, streaming live on Facebook. It was beautiful. It was so, so beautiful. And to say, wow, there's a real power in other people just being part of your journey. So let them in and let them soothe you and, you know, allow yourself to to be taken along. And before you know it, the river will be running again. You will be yeah. back in that phase of your life. But don't cling on to it too much. Yeah. Because there might be another time, you know, where you've got to to reassess. So, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think uh, in my, I, I, kind of i i I don't disagree but i i would i i frame it a little bit differently because yes there is an ebb and a flow but to me it's not the creativity that's an ebb and a flow you know it is it's the energy it's the Mm -hmm. uh you know like you said like the priorities you know sometimes you do need to spend more time on other thing other you know you you know like even within the creative process you know you 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 have the the creation and then you know you there's recording your music and then there's releasing it and that is a whole different you need to be in a whole different mode um but to me creativity is like a mine i always think of it as a a mine Mm -hmm. and i go down into the mine and i or or either that or fishing spots I like that analogy too, where it's like, um, you know, if you, if you know where the fish are and if you know how to look for them, then you can usually find them and you can usually Mm. catch something. Mm. If you, if you're just flailing around blindly and you know, you never bother to memorize the spots, then it's going to be a lot trickier. So for me, because I've done so much work in theater and had, you know, tight deadlines and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's kind of not always been an option to just say, oh, okay, it's not happening today. Because mm. sometimes it's just, no, it, it needs to happen now. I have five hours. <laughs> and so this is not, so um, so to me, it's it's kind of like, okay, so I, I need the map of the mine and I need to go down there and I need to dig and and until I find something and I can't stop until mm. it's up. Mm, yeah so that's kind of what it's like for me but then you know the motivation and the and the energy that's a different story that that mm-hmm. can be of course you know a deadline is a great motivator but uh you know but it's it's kind of like uh you know like i mean i think it's kind of we're saying the same thing but it's it's a little bit you know mm. because you're saying you know once you have the deadline then you just get going and you do mm, it and yeah. then you know and then i have those systems you know yeah, for exactly. for doing the mining you know though yeah. th- th- that's where that comes in um, but I, I, I'm, I'm never afraid to just, you know, if, if I need, okay, I need a song now, you know, there was a, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, I had a week to, you know, I have a week to come up with a song for this, uh, this thing I was doing. And so I was like, okay, I have no ideas. So I'm just, okay. So I'm pulling up this system that I have and I'm doing this and I'm setting it in front of me and I'm doing it. And, you know, it takes an hour and then, you know, I have a pretty good idea. Um, and that, that's, that's it. Uh, so I, I think that's, uh, I think that's totally true. And that's why I don't believe in writer's block. It's, um, mm. I think Charles Bukowski said that, you know, was, he didn't understand writer's block. He said, if I don't, if I don't feel like writing, if I don't know what to write about, then that's what I'll write about. Mm. Like the writer's block is what I'll sit down and write about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I love that. Do you, are you familiar with the artist's way by Julia yeah. Cameron? Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, another that's like a mining thing for me doing morning pages, which is by, for those who are listening who don't know what that is. Uh, it's like a process. Um, the, the artist's way is like a course in a in book form. Um, and one of the things and the, like the main pillar of it, I guess, is every morning you write three pages, stream of consciousness, whatever comes into your head. Um, and I don't do it constantly, but I do have like periods where I do them every day and then, I take time off, you know, again, it's an ebb and a flow, but I find myself being much more creative when I do mm. it. 
it's great for the creativity so that's Absolutely. a great tip for anybody out there who needs a spark of creativity just write three pages longhand stream of consciousness every morning and it does boost your creativity it really does it really does and it allows you to get to know yourself and your own voice as well yeah um free writing's brilliant absolutely one of the most powerful tools I think for creative people as well just depend on that page set a timer or don't set a timer and just write and exactly what you said about if you're if you don't know what to write about write about the fact I don't know what to write about and eventually something comes I really love your analogies and I think for me the fisher the fisherman and the miner um I think for me my creativity is I think I try and focus everything on the art of fishing and on yeah. the the act of mining as opposed yeah. to the fish or the diamond at the end and i think for a lot of folk coming into their creative self and and finally taking their music a bit more seriously i think it can be really easy to focus everything on the fish and on the on the diamond and yeah and forget that the skilled fisherman has has spent many many a day in the boat with with nothing at the end until yeah. the time comes where that's very rare and yeah. it rarely is like that but um yeah and, you know process experience. over product i think is so and you know and and i mean i do a, a bit of fishing uh and the fish is besides the point mm-hmm. that's it. it's the joy it's of the being trophy. in nature and having peace and quiet and mm. not having your phone and well, I mean, not not staring at your phone anyway, and just being there, and mm-hmm. that's the joy of fishing. Mm-hmm. Not you know, the fish is it. You know, you probably release it anyway. It doesn't matter. It's the it's the act of of doing mm-hmm. it. And, and I think that's what I learned in in theater as well, because I studied theater directing. And one of the things that I, I was sort of that some actors came to me and said, you need you need to you need to focus on the process more than the product, and. Um, uh, and, and, and that I think is, is, uh, a great, great point that you made, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Enjoying I totally agree. it. Yeah. Enjoying the journey. Exactly. Right. And I've just finished a series of workshops today, actually all about how you finish your songs yeah. and the, the kind of the biggest, uh, takeaway I think that people get is, oh, this workshop's not really about finishing your song. It's about dedicating and committing to the process of finishing your song and saying, regardless of what I think or feel about this, I'm going to get to the end of it. And then I can decide to be judgmental if I want. But it's when, you know, you just sit in the boat and you just start to, whatever it is, I don't fish, I'm a vegan, by the way. So, but you just, you put your tofu on the end of the reel or whatever you do. Um, Sure. Like that part. That's, catch soy fish. Ah, you catch soy, soy, yeah. toe fish. That's what it's toe called, fish. right? Toe fish. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. It's it's not nice. Yeah, just <laughs> uh, just eat tofu. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, fish flavored tofu is a very interesting experience. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, it's it's about it, like exactly what you're saying. That being in nature, being being there, being out in the lake, experiencing yeah. it, and mm-hmm. um. And it's really cheapened now, I think, because of marketing and social socialism. I don't. I did not mean to say socialism there. I meant to say social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oops, a little Freudian slip. I'm from Scotland. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think that's it, it's it's led us to believe that that part is actually not worth anything. You know, that's the cheap mm-hmm. part. No, what you want to get to is the result. You want to get to the end yeah. product, and that's not true. That's not that's not that's not important, really. I mean. It is important, right? I'm not. I'm not saying writing goods and great songs isn't important, or or meeting your deadlines, or you know, if you if you are a professional musician and professional songwriter like we are, you have mm-hmm. to produce. You have to. Yeah. You have to be able to do what you say you can do. But at the same time, we also need to remind ourselves, don't we, that that again, it's it's not all about that. That's not the only point. It's not always no. about pleasing the client. It's about being able to say, oh. I done something with my time on this planet today and I just yeah. feel so much better for it or I know myself more or I had an insight that I didn't have before and it's your life's work yeah. say folk who some people get really hung up on I don't make money from music so I'm not a real musician and I just actually released a podcast last week about professionalism and mm-hmm. how 
you have paid people money before we all have they have done a really subpar not professional job and we yeah. don't call them professionals and you can you can act and think and behave and become a professional in very commas and it doesn't need to be about money it can be about the experience that you offer yourself i'm going to show up on time i'm going to be yeah. prepared you know I'm, I'm going to make sure i'm warmed up i'm going to learn those skills you know whatever that may be and that's that's a really wonderful thing because it makes you grow faster and and then when you do end up in a space where you've got to act to that deadline you're going to get money and you're absolutely crapping your pants about it you're still <laughs> going to do it anyway because you've practiced it before I think that's another really important part of it all is essentially what I'm saying is take yourself seriously. Yeah. It's your music isn't stupid. Your music isn't silly. It's not just a little hobby. If you care about it, you are the only and first person who must take it seriously and um, with yeah. a small S, you know, having fun with it yeah. too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a really important thing as well. And, that, and, and going back to what you said before, you know, your self-talk kind of creates your reality. Yeah, And so uh, I remember years ago when I first started using the word musician, when people asked me, so what do you do? I said, well, I'm a musician. Um, and, I, and I was even getting paid. I wasn't, it wasn't a full-time thing, but I was certainly getting paid to write and perform music. Um, and it was, it was a step. And I actually, a friend of mine was like, stop being, you are a musician, stop it. <laughs> and, um, and it did create a shift within me. And so I think uh, doing that, and I'm all about, you know, the, those like positive affirmations and things like that. You know, um, you you kind of create your reality by doing that, and not in a, like a the secret kind of, oh, yeah. you know, visualize it and it will come true. It's not that. It's just uh, the the way you talk to yourself. You know, there's a great exercise that I do uh, with my clients, which is all about you know, visualizing where you want to end up and what you want people to say about you at the end, and then turning that into first person, uh, mm. affirmations. Like this mm. is who I am. Mm, absolutely. And it is super powerful. And I use this stuff a lot and it really, really works. Um, and also going back to what you said about taking it seriously, I think a big part of what, uh, I see artists and creatives get wrong, get wrong, quote unquote. I mean, there's no right or wrong, but a, a mistake I think a lot of people make is to not treat this as a job. If you're treating it like a hobby, I mean, that's fine, but then that's all it'll ever be. And um, But the minute you start approaching it like, okay, I'm going to approach this with work ethic mm. and I'm going to show up and do the work that's when I think you start to to get somewhere, you know, and you need that that consistency and um and it it, it makes you you know, I always uh, people always say, you know, uh, quality over quantity. But to me, I write a lot of songs and I write them very fast. And to me, quantity creates quality because the more I write, the better I get, I find. And you know, throughout the years, I always feel like I'm getting better. You know, I look at the songs that I created 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and I, I feel like I'm in a much, I'm just, I'm better now because I've just done it so much. And um, what do you, I mean, do you have, for instance, a songwriting routine? Is that something that, you know, you do like, is there a, is there a, 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 you know, work mode that you have? Yes, absolutely. There really is. I need, I feel like I've sort of hacked what I need to yeah. create and to to feel like I'm ready to go. I mean, procrastination is always going to be there. I think it's part of, of the creative's journey too. Yeah. But setting things up, setting a structure up, having a routine that essentially just makes it easier for me to step into a creation mode. So yeah. it's it's like everything is set up for it. Everything's ready to go. And also having those in place, those structures and routines in place for when it's not quite flowing right, when, we, when I do get a bit stuck on something, yeah. being able to say, okay, Right, I can identify that. I don't know. Let's say it's something to do with the arrangement. Okay, I, I've got an issue with this arrangement; it's just not quite hitting right. 
well knowing that there's some other places I can go to to just be able to get myself out my own head to you know even if it's something really simple like I'm going to go for a walk I'm going to put it to bed or I'm going to let I'm going to get some feedback on it or I'm going to totally rearrange it as an exercise, yeah. not necessarily to finish the song, but just as an exercise to see yeah. what I can glean from that little creative space. Because when we do start employing, because it's those two, two, it's not really two parts of the brain, it's two functions of the brain, isn't it? Our executive function in line with all the creative stuff. When those two things are firing off at the same time, that's when you get the innovation and the ideas yeah. and like, oh, I never thought about, you know, I don't know, whatever, doing that baseline that way or whatever yeah. it's going to be. So I do now, I definitely do have a lot because similar to yourself, I'm under deadlines. Um, I'm producing for people. I want to be able to offer other people my absolute best work as well. Yeah. There's nothing worse than putting something out and going, I, I could have done better than that. That's a horrible yeah. experience. And I've, I've done that before. And so I realized a good few years ago, okay, if I'm going to do this seriously, if I'm, if I really, really want to be the best I can and wherever moment I am, then I have to set my environment up. I have to have a workflow. I can't be a riot. I can't be a mess, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we all know folk who, who are like colleagues and other people in the industry that are just diff think differently and are a bit more chaotic and that's absolutely fine however sure. I do want to just as a professional as well and this is very personal to me and I'm not saying that people need to be like this or not I get a lot of value in knowing I'm there I'm ready I'm super prepared I will never I will never show up a hot mess, you know, and yeah. if I think that I might show up a hot mess, I'll reschedule, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, that's, that's how important that, that is to me now. And I couldn't do the work I'm doing. I mean, you're probably really similar, but I have so many plates spinning at the same yeah. time. So many projects. I just literally, tomorrow, actually, the doors close to my songwriting academy, my first ever online program. I yeah. have so many moving parts with that and also working as a producer, working on yeah. projects for other people. So you really do need to get... I, for me, I kind of like, I'm a captain of my ship, you know, I'm, and I'm really strict with my, with my crew <laughs> and my crew being like my songwriting chops or my musicianship or my communication. So I do now, I do now. I spent many yeah. years without one, my years in yeah. London, my five years, I was in my twenties, but, um, where I just, uh, I yes. don't know how I got Back when you didn't that. need to sleep. D didn't sleep. <laughs> All I, I just, my blood was whiskey for five years. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I played, I mean, I had an amazing experience there. I was, I was a piano player full time playing in all these really fancy five-star hotels, like Ooh. Dorchester on Park Lane. I played in the House of Lords and played in all these really super posh places. Um, didn't open my mouth because I thought as soon as they know I'm from Glasgow, they're going to chuck me right out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that was, I mean, for me, that was excellent for my musicianship for sure yeah. I got to play with so many good players man like and we were thrown into that there was no prep you just had you were oh hi nice to meet you I'm Rosie okay one two three four let's play a gig <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah. um but that that was a great experience however however it, it ground me right down I was right I was by the time I left London I was pretty ill my depression was really bad yeah. and my anxiety was I mean I spent years after that trying to fix my adrenal glands I was just totally oh, fatigued yeah. and it went on that recovery road and kind of had an, an evolution and getting towards your 30s it happens it's just part of also being an artist right you you got to yeah. live life to know what to write about too yeah um and I I realized that I remember when I thought right I need to get my shit together basically and mm -hmm. and come at this with some kind of structure and I'm so glad I did but it's very much in my personality too I think as well quite organized and mm -hmm. I like to I just like to know everything's in order <laughs> yeah. so so yeah but I do I do have systems and structures and just reams and reams of 
um, songwriting exercises and, and songwriting tasks and just little cool new avenues to take, to explore, just like you would if you're learning how to sing, you would practice your skills, you know, but for yep. songwriting, that kind of stuff and for creativity in general. So like the artist's way, for example, that's a great one for anyone who's listening, it's who's awesome. not jumped in there. I'll put a link to it in the show description because everybody should read that book. I, you know, I, every creative person that I know, I turn on to that book. It's yeah. fantastic. Really, really good. It's really good. Well, um, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much uh, for, for being here. Uh, before we say goodbye, tell people where they can find you and your stuff and uh, yeah, all the different places where you hang out. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me as well. It's been fantastic. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. And it's great to hear other people talking about music and talking about songwriting in a similar way. It's absolutely beautiful. So thank you. Um, You can find me at my own music at rosybands.com. Um, everything Rosie Bands that you want in your life you'll find on that website um, and it is suitable for work by the way <laughs> that sounded dirtier than it was meant to sound and um, for all my songwriting stuff if you are a songwriter and you're looking for any support that's all at beradicalmakemusic.com so that's beradicalmakemusic because making music and being creative in this modern 21st century is a really radical thing to do with your life um, so be radical make music come and say hello awesome uh and there will be links of course to all of those things well thanks so much and uh talk soon thank you see you later bye bye this has been the strong writing podcast thank you so much for being here don't forget to visit strongwriting.net for tons of free songwriting resources my name is Eivindr Karlsson and I wish you happy songwriting bye bye